Hey there, on this October 31, 2021, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you connected this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Lovely friends, we have returned to this feed. We went to try some things out over yonder for the last few months to summer, if you will, only to realize that those things weren't going to pan out the way we needed them to. And so we have returned. Uh, We're going to be here for the duration. We're cleaning a few things up around here, so please have mercy on us while we we navigate through. You're going to see some things change, hopefully not much, but if some stuff does go awry, please again have mercy on us. We're going to have our Sunday meditations, our Wednesdays, and we're going to do some other things we'll talk about down the road. Possibly tomorrow we'll get together, if that's all right with you. But for now, thank you for being here. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for being a friend. And most importantly, thank you for taking this time to use it to meditate any way that you choose. Well, that's enough of my yapping. I think it's about time we get about it. What you say? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought so. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious God, our Father, we honor you this morning. We glorify you. We give you glory and honor. God, what a privilege it is to wake up this morning and realize that you were the one and is the one that woke us up and gave us life, gave us this opportunity to worship you and worship you only. In the fruits of our lips, we give you praise and give you glory. We give you honor. Lord, we adore you. We appreciate you for all that you are. You everything that your word says that you will be to us. And we thank you. You have provided for us everything that we have needed. God, you have kept us under the shadow of your almighty presence. And we thank you. You gave us air to breathe and gave us a nostril to breathe it through. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for mine, a mind to serve you and to worship you, the mighty and true and living God. There is none like you in all of the earth. There is no image. There is nothing, Lord God, that was created by your hand that is worthy of the praise that we give to you. Because you alone are God. And besides thee, there is no other. God, as we come now as your children, as we come as the sheep of your pastor, as we come as you have called us in John, friends, we come, Lord, and we say, Lord, here we are. Father, if there is anything in our life that we've done unaware, unaware, Lord God, forgive us, cleanse us. We come now because you said that we come, that we, you said that we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us, Lord. And for Lord God, we come this morning, Lord God, with an assurance, Lord, that we are your children. And Father, we thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We thank you for the light. The, the, we thank you for the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We thank you for the finished work of the cross, and therefore we thank you for this life that you have given us. Thank you for that eternal life, that even as we, as we transfer into another life, after we live this life, we thank you for the eternal and presence that we will forever be with you. We thank you for your presence that is transferable to heaven. And we thank you for the bill of heaven that we have here on earth, that we may worship you. Now, Lord God, we come as your people, and we come with different situations and things that are on our heart and mind. We come, Lord God, that we can pray, Lord God. We can join our faith together. We can intercede and stand in the gap for situations all around this world. Father, we just pray, Lord God, for our land. You said that our people that are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from evil ways. God, you will, we will, you will heal the land, Lord God. Our land needs a healing. It's sickness, sick, Lord God, is sickness. People, Lord God, are believing lies and versus truth, Lord. People are hating and still loving. People are running away from you, still running to you. But, Father, we pray that, Lord God, that you would change that situation and change the circumstances in men's heart, that they would recognize who you are. And, Lord God, they would come to and reach their hands in your bleeding side where you once bled. With water and blood praying under your side, the nails, the scarred hand, and, and see the prints of the thorns that were pressed upon your head and the nail that was in your foot. Oh, Father, we just pray, God, that they will come to know you, Lord God. We lift up our children. We lift up our grandchildren. We lift up family members, that um, sisters and brothers, siblings, Lord God. We just pray, Lord God, that you would intervene in their life. There are some that need healing, healing in their physical body. There are people that need healing in their mental. Lord, they, they are broken. They don't know which way to go. They are confused in the mind. God, we once was there, and even sometimes we now we get confused, but God, we know we can come to you. And so, thank God, we stand in the gap for those who are confused and not knowing which way to go. There is somebody this moment on the brink of death. They already know they have less than six months. Some have know they have less than a day. The doctors have given them up. They have given them their uh, uh, timeline. But, God, you are greater than any timeline that man can, can pronounce on us. God, you could do like you did Hezekiah when he turned his head and face to the wall. You added unto him years. And, and we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for those who are sick, those who are laden, those who are heavy laden, Lord. Those have been despondent and facing death right in his face. We pray, Lord God, that you will heal them spiritually, heal them physically, Lord. That you will work miracles in their life, Lord God, that you allow them to understand and see. God, you're still God, and besides him, there is none other. You're greater than any thought and anything that we can ever think of <laughs> about you. You're greater than that. Or there's someone there this morning that got their head hung down low because they done lost a loved one. They done lost a husband. They done lost a wife. They done lost a sister, brother. They done lost a parent. They done lost a grandparent. They done lost a friend. But Father, we pray for their comfort. That you, the Holy Spirit, will come and comfort their heart and cheer them in Jesus' name. <laughs> Father, we just pray, Lord God, you are the healer. You lift up heart. You lift up heavy hearts and you mend broken hearts. And we thank you for that. 
And Father, we pray, Lord God, for our different cities. We pray for our state. We even pray for our, this nation, yea, even the world. Father, there are many things that are going on in this world, Lord God, need a fix and need your divine hand, the providence to get in it before it becomes even worse than what it is now. Father, we just pray, Lord God, for this nation as it as it's in a few days, as it's already in the state here in the state of Virginia been voting for some time now and and the end of the election day is just a couple of days away. We pray, Lord God, that you will you will intervene in it. We know the devil's already intervened in it. Many lies that have been told. There have been more lies told than truth, Lord. The enemy has come in and trying to confuse us, trying to make us despondent. But, Father, we are ch- your children. We have a mind of our own. We have a heart of our own. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, as we do our civil duty and vote, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that the right person to be in the right place at the right time. But, God, we will elect the person, Lord God, that will have our heart and interest in the heart of all men. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will allow it to be fair. Lord God, that, that, that there will be no end of, uh, the, the, uh, no interference from any outside source. We pray, Lord God, it will be, Lord, favorable for your work in the kingdom, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray, Lord God, as we stand as a nation here in the United States of America, we pray, Lord God, that the people that are already in office and already making decisions for us, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would lead them and guide them. We pray, Lord God, for our president as he travel across the world and even meeting with nations, lead us all across the world, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you give him the wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord God, to stand before the men and give sound advice and get sound um order that he is led in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you for that, Lord. We pray, God, that you would be with them, Lord, surely, and guide him. Lord, protect him from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, protect our borders around this this country. Lord, keep out the hand of the enemy. Keep out those who want to bring harm to us. And we thank you, Lord God, because you are a great protector. And we thank you for protecting us when we can't even protect ourselves. You're a great God and you're greatly to be praised. And we thank you. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. At this time, we come in the part of our uh, prayer where we we like everyone to get involved because everyone has a concern and everyone has it. something they would like to bring before the Lord. And, and, and what better way than to bring something before the Lord to where the presence of the Lord is? And the presence of the Lord is truly in this place uh, where you are right now. God is there. He's listening. His ears is to your is to your mouth. And at this time, we are, take a few moments that you may pour out your heart. Let's talk to the Lord on, or let's go to the Lord on your behalf. And as you speak to the Lord, as He listens to you, He wants to hear what you have to say this morning. And let's begin to pray now for our the things that own our hearts. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
We just thank you. We just glorify you this morning for this opportunity again. Father, bless our service today, Lord, and your presence is already here. We feel you. We sense a great move of you this morning. And we thank you for what you're doing. Bless the pastor as he brings forth the word. We pray, Lord God, that you will be electrifying, that, Lord God, that we'll walk away and we will declare what manner of man is this as our heart burns. The man of God brought forth the word. Bless this service. Bless everyone that is attached to it and listening. And, and Father, we just pray, God, that you would use us and use it to glorify and magnify you, that you would, God, get the glory. In Jesus' name. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he would truly will help me. He ever loves and care for his own. Hallelujah. How many of you know that he cares for you? He cares for you. He cares for his own. That's why we can must help Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning again. Good morning. Good morning, first virtual. Good morning. If you ain't if you ain't got up by now, get up. Get up. Get up. Amen. Stretch and get ready for a powerful service today. Good morning on the behalf of our pastor and first lady. We'd like to welcome you to First Virtual. I'm pretty sure that you just didn't get up this morning for just the sake to get up. You got up because you are prepared to receive from the Lord. Get enough gas to get you to Wednesday. Praise the Lord. And, and see what the Lord has to say to you to give you a future that is bright, a future that is uh, knowledgeable, a future that is in the will of God through by the power of the word that will come today. So we just welcome you and just prepare yourself. That's right. Put your coffee on to the side and get your pen and paper ready to receive from the Lord tonight. I'm pretty sure he will say something to you if you're listening. And we thank God for you. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis.
good morning. Good morning, Pastor Bruce. So well, uh, God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. This last day of October. Well, 2021. There you go. See, I'm, I'm uh, falling behind time. Anyway, it's been a very interesting month, to say the least. A lot of things have been going on. Uh, a lot of things have been going on for further better, in my estimation, because, uh, you know, when you walk with God and, and follow his, uh, his guidance, uh, life is good. And uh, we have to remember that, you know. Um, tonight, uh, the little ones will be walking around, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, chaperoned by their parents trying to collect uh, as much candy as they can because uh, they got to get ready for school tomorrow. And, uh, you know, the more candy you have before school, the better you are, right? At least that was my uh, understanding when I was young. Unfortunately, I grew up out in the country, so my Halloween or trick-or-treating or whatever you want to call it consisted of maybe three houses if I was lucky because it would take us that long to walk that far. And costumes were... Uh, you didn't, wear, you didn't want to wear a mask because you couldn't see where you were going anyway. And with a mask on, you couldn't, uh, you know. And as you walked through the, the neighborhood with flashlights, the dogs would bark and the uh, coyotes would yell. And uh, I think I was more scary than actually dressing up and knocking on somebody's door. But anyway, uh, that's that's my uh, recollection of uh, this great, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, and I know there's a lot of... Uh, people and businesses and churches that are doing uh, what they call trunk or treat where they uh, just have the kids come by and they just uh, fill them up with uh, candy and maybe a, a track or two about who Jesus is but uh, you know those things have a way of uh, sticking with people I I, uh, I remember I had a, a veteran friend that uh, wasn't following who God was and and uh, he, uh, he I asked him how did you how did you make that conversion how did you learn who about Jesus and he said uh, uh, somebody came to his door one time and knocked on it and he you know begrudgingly opened it and uh, they uh, they gave him a, a little trap to tell him how to accept God and he he said he he grabbed it and pushed him down the steps and closed the door and uh, threw, threw it in his, uh, on his coffee table or whatever the table he had there. And he said it was weeks later. When he decided to clean up, he, he ran across it again, and he said that uh, the Spirit had worked on him, and, and he sat down and uh, started to read it, and he never really finished it be, uh, before he got up and walked down the street and went to a church on Sunday and everybody was looking at him because he wasn't uh, properly attired as some churches require or back then or even now uh, and uh, he felt kind of outcast and uh, he said he, he kind of just stood by the back door and he said little young lady a young well he a little I, 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 I would say a little elderly there you go lady came up and, and, and asked him if she could help him and, and uh, he said he, he just needed to find out more about Jesus and, and uh, then that's what happens. So you know, the Spirit of God is always alive. We have to remember that and we have to think about that. And as we get ready to uh, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, enter this season of voting in the next couple of days. And we do have to do that. You know, we do have to vote. That's our that's our God-given right. And um, you know, God, you know, the Bible tells us that you know, whatever belongs to Caesar, we we give to them. And and, and that would be our vote. And we have to vote for who God leads us to vote for. And, and we have to feel in our heart, really. You know, and, and you know, there's a lot of talk about the spirit, the spirit of God. And, and, and when, um, you know, kids have questions, they, you know, it's bad. I want to say it's bad enough, but, you know, when you grow up and people talk about God, you know, well, who's God? Well, I see God. You know, I, I don't see him. Who, who's this guy you're talking about? And then you talk about Jesus. And, you know, they, they can maybe relate to Jesus a little bit more because, you know, he did walk on the earth. And there's a book uh, of, of, of chapters about him and what he did and the miracles he did and, and things like that. And, you know, so you can understand that more. You're, you're not confused with the New Testament as much as you are with the Old Testament, right? So, so you know, you learn about Jesus then. And Jesus, and, and, and his, you know, it talks about the Spirit of God. And, and uh, what's the Spirit of God? Do you know what the Spirit of God is? You know, I hope so. You know, um, and, and we have to remember the Spirit of God guides us and leads us and what opens our minds and our hearts. And that's what gives us the, the ability to uh, understand what, what God's trying to tell us. You know, and in a very simple verse, Okay, in Romans chapter 5 and uh, 15, you know, Paul's trying to explain. He said, here it is. Are you ready? Just, you know, short, short but sweet. Listen to what I'm telling you. He says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves. So that your lives, that you live in fear again, excuse me, you know, uh, Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him we are, the, by him we cry, uh, we cry, the Father, I'll get it all right, you know. Anyway, so what, what that says is very simple. You can't be afraid of what it is. It's not there to harm you. It's there to guide you, right? Is there to bring you, bring you in, in to adopt you, adopt you into what? Adopt you into the brotherhood, the sisterhood of being family, right? And who's Abba Father? God. God is our Father, right? God is our Father. He is the one that leads us and guides us, and He's the one we go to when we need help. So the Spirit is there to give us that that extra boost that we need to remind us. We're who God is. He's our Father. And that we are all brothers and sisters in God. You know, and we have to remember that. And no matter, you know, where we are in our lives or, or what we're doing in our lives, you know, when you go to that, 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 when you gather, like we do here at Virtual Church, you know, everybody that's listening is our brothers or sisters. That's kind of cool, you know? It don't matter. And that's kind of, you know, and, and I like that. Because, uh, you know, you never could have enough brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> no matter. And, uh, and, and, and you all know, come on, if you have brothers and sisters growing up, there was always, you know, little tassels and hassles going on. 
you know, hopefully those tassels and hassles don't, don't interfere with the love that you have for each other, you know? And that's what God is. He, you know, he gives us the Spirit so we have love, so that we understand who He is, and that we know that He is what? He's our Father. He's our, he's our Savior. He's our protector. He's our leader. He is the one that, that gives us the guidance that we need to, to do what we need to do in this world. You know? And what do we do? They need to do in this world? Come on now. We know. We need to let everybody know who Jesus is. Okay? And how do we do that? By showing love. Not only to our family members, but those who are our, our extended family. You know? Our extended family in Jesus and our extended family in God. You know? We have to let them know who their father is. That's what we're called to do. You know, that's what we're called to do. The Bible, you know, is very clear on that. And he's very clear. The Bible is also very clear. That, uh, you know, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And, and where do you want to be? What, what, side of, what side do you want to be on? The good side or the bad side? What side of the cross do you want to be on? You know, before Jesus, where were you at? After Jesus, where are you at now? And these are things we need to think about. And these are things that, that guide us through our lives, you know. And, and not and the Spirit gives us the strength to resist, to resist what Satan tries to do to our heads and our minds. So this week, as you as you go to vote, and as your uh, uh, conversations come up, oh, did you vote for this person? Oh, that's a shamination. Whatever, you know. We have to understand. And we have to begin to pray. Once these people are voted into office, our job is to pray for them and, and lift them up before God. But the Spirit of God, amen, will tell them and, try and lead them in the direction that God would, would like them to go, you know. And, and it's not what we want. It's what, the God, it's what God wants. And, and what God uses to change lives and to, to help us, to protect us, you know, and to teach us. So whatever happens this week, you know, just stay strong in, in the Lord, stay strong in the Spirit of God, and remember that no matter, you know, we're not, our lives are not going to be, you know, changed or impacted. They will, but they won't because we have what? We have God in, on our side. We have the Spirit of the Lord on our side. We have Jesus, the Son, on our side. Amen and amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you on this morning? God, he woke me up. Thank God, he woke me up. Well, ain't nobody called to wake me up, but that's fine. <laughs> I woke up to a text message that somebody was on the line and they ain't called to make sure I was going to be here. We ain't going to talk about that line. We can put that on the line. <laughs> this morning, I want to uh, do a few things for you. Um, about 15% of this line 
calls in about 6.30 in the morning, every Sunday and Wednesday. The other 15 may get here at 7 o'clock. Ain't nothing we can do about that. Uh, But especially for the purposes of Wednesday, we want to, because people are going to work and we're finding that they're being forced to leave and we're having to shorten our Wednesday services more and more to help people get out. We're going to... uh, since you're already here anyway, we're going to add an extra 10 minutes on the front end of our services. And we're going to do it on Sunday and Wednesday just so you're not confused. And uh, what we're also going to do is on Sunday, we're going to do all this stuff in the front half. So if you are one of those people who I came here, I was born at 645, I'm going to live at 645, and I'm going to die at 645. Well, you don't want to hear the announcement, that's all right, you got to be here. By the time you get here, we'll be ready to start prayer and move on as normal. But uh, we didn't want to change Wednesday and then leave Sunday and then wait. Do I come 645? I come 645? I don't know. So you put it all together, see your uniform. I like it when you don't, when I change stuff and you just sit there with your mouth open like this negro just changed service and he nah, I ain't gonna say nothing cause I'm in church and I don't want to know that that made me mad but that's alright so we're gonna do that like I said to give us more time so we can worship and people don't have to feel rushed and you know pray that they don't get to work on time and try to all that good stuff we're trying to do that that's what we do here at First Virtue. We try to uh, go where the people are and meet the people's needs. And if that means that, you know, we going a little early can meet the people's needs, it's all right. We up, we up anyway. Me and Mom Bill had coffee about 545 every morning, somewhere in there. In our dreams, at least, we do. Yeah, in our dreams. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that. Uh, one other thing that I want to mention to you, a little bit of a of a praise. Uh, well, do two things. Mom, bear, get your fingers in the water, because this is going to be where we're going to meditate on this. On, uh, can you believe we're almost to another Thanksgiving? In almost four weeks from now, we'll have another Thanksgiving. And as tradition, somewhat around here on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is the day of of American feasting, and we're going to have our uh, uh, spiritual feasting. So come join us that Thursday morning at our our Wednesday time. Instead of coming Wednesday that week, we're going to come Thursday, and we'll keep reminding you as we move up to there. uh, we're not going to be here very long, but we're going to uh, do that and celebrate Thanksgiving morning together. And then we're going to start talking. Uh, uh, I'm not going to. I, I'm not going to do like they do that. Church I grew up in and start calling lines. But uh, we have been able to do a lot of things because of people who have uh, started to dig into their wallets 
and I wanted to appreciate them for that and we're going to try to pick those things up we're working on partnerships to uh, redistribute our food uh, we've been uh, we want to keep doing that even after the pandemic to some of you who are in your homes and uh, my belief is that if we can give you two or three things that can help make you know your trips to the store a little bit less because for some of you that is hard so we want to keep that in mind even moving forward uh, unless you Dr. Fauci is already threatening to cancel Christmas so you know you never know what's going on with this Delta variant and things we want to pick all those things up and so uh, that's going to uh, uh, require the, the other 15% if you, if you don't, if you don't, and I'm gonna tell you like I've told you all the time. We've been, we've been making it, and you haven't heard me holler about it every now and again. I say somebody, and if you want those people, you ain't got it. Don't, 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 don't sweat about it. And I ain't gonna call you and beg. Hey, excuse me. Hey, let me look at your bank book. You know, I ain't one of them churches you you don't like to go to because I want to see your W twos. You know, you do what you do, but I just wanted to get that opportunity because we're going to try to do some things and uh, the Bible says you have not because you ask not and so if you are believing in what we're doing around here and, and feel like you like to put your money where your mouth is then you can just uh, go ahead and slap my lovely name on one of them pieces of paper from the bank and we can continue to do what we do so keep that in mind whatever your thought process is on that regard if you want to talk to me personally about that we can definitely have that conversation down the road but like I said the Bible says you have not because you ask not and I didn't ask and if you ain't got it then you wanted to not and we're going to be alright right Mama Bill okay right 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 there you go play you got to go Ready? Yes, ma'am.
as well. You are so beautiful. We're gonna have a, we, one of these days. We're gonna have a quartet, or not a quartet, a cantata by Mama Bell. Get 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 four, get four or five of your best pieces, and we'll just listen to you play and explain them for about an hour. A whole hour. Gonna sound like a good radio show. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Go ahead and start practicing. We're going to do it one of these days for you. I will. I am because I'm enjoying it, quite frankly. I'm enjoying it. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. I noticed also before we get into our time to, today that uh, Mama Mildred is here and her birthday is today, so I wanted to wish her a happy birthday. This is the third birthday I got. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably over there with one eye open and one eye closed and the coffee in one hand can't get the mute button off, but that's all right. We're going to wish her a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. To her. Thank you. Uh, I'm awake. I'm awake. Uh-huh. Happy 23rd. Thank you. I'm awake. Uh-huh. Thank you for the birthday wish. Uh-huh. <laughs> good, good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6 says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. After reading that, I found myself a little confused. I've been confused a lot this last 18 months of reading the Bible and expressing with you. So I don't know why I am shocked when I say I'm confused and why you are shocked either. Because when we take the Bible and compare it to uh, the structure by which we live, it's very confusing. So I just want to talk to you for a moment because this has been a pill of my frustration. One that I have come to realize and I hope that you will realize this as well when you're dealing with certain frustrations as it pertains to church folk. When you find yourself disagreeing not on the same page, not believing, fighting, because your opinions don't matter, don't connect. This is what you tell them. Who your God? Just tell them that. Who your God? Now, kind Father, we ask you 
and thank you for this opportunity for us to share. We thank you for this moment of meditation and, as I like to believe, spiritual therapy. We can come and hear your case. We, your spiritual jurors, can, without shot of doubt, hopefully hear what it is you are trying, you are saying, should I say, to us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 One Lord. One faith. One baptism. A phrase that hung distinctly on the wall of the First Baptist Church. Butte Street. I noticed those three terms up there from a little boy never really understanding the context of it, the purpose of it. It was there. And some 30 seven years now as I've traveled up and down the road of spiritual life and what have you, I found myself having a debate, a struggle within myself. This conversation was birthed out of another conversation I had on yesterday, which led me to think about and really focus on the idea of church, religion, its divisions of it, to be precise. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's what the text says. But the reality of it is it has seemingly become about 45,000 lords, 45,000 faiths. Some of us don't even get baptized. In this, these states united that we call home, many of us who are listening to this now, some may find themselves in other sectors of the world who listen to us a little bit later. We appreciate you for being a part of us, wherever you may find yourself. But for the sake of this moment, in in these states united, our denominational or reformational affiliations divide between some 50,000 Some of you, at least myself, cannot fathom that many reformations. All we knew growing up was Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of God in Christ, the AME. Back yonder, the Catholic won't even apart. There was another religion back yonder. Now the system has connected all of us into different reformations. 
We didn't know who they were back yonder. But now they are somebody. All of these different reformations, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Because the reality that bothers me is for us to be one Lord and one faith and one baptism. Where did all of these reformations come from? Now, I am not going to sit here and spar with you on the history of your churches or your home base, if you will. Some of you who will know more about certain reformations than I could ever mention, especially since you have had the opportunity to live in some of them, maybe two, 15 minutes before I did, because, you know, y'all young souls with your 21, 22, and 24-year-old selves. But the reality still existed, regardless of all the good things and the, the different ideals. It all centers back to conflict. When you get down to the nitty-gritty of denominations, reformations, you will find conflict. We can't agree on the music that we listen to in our churches, so we split. We can't agree on the color of the carpet, so we split. Sister Sally gets to sing the solo every other Sunday, and Brother Jane wants to sing it himself, and we are mad because, number one, we don't know why he's called Jane. He should be called John. What was his mama trying to say? He might be one of them funny people. So we split. We can't agree on whether or not the gay folks should be there, so they split. The gay folks can't figure out whether they want to live with the straight folks, so they split. The black folks can't get along with the white folks, and the Mexicans can't get along with the Jews, and the Jews can't get along with the Italians, and so we split. But in theory, is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Now, before you get a feeling, I like to remind you that this is therapy, and it may take me some time to get there, but this is therapy. So let me hit you with a little nugget. I am fascinated by how many people have at least spiritually died because they cannot grasp the idea that just because you are Baptist and I'm not does not mean you're going to heaven faster than I am. Your Reformation affiliation does not guarantee you a ticket to the mansion in the sky. Just because your church gets out of 1230 and mine stay until 445 does not mean I'm more spiritual than you are. 
you are not the frozen chosen of the dead Baptists. Just because you don't scream, holler, run around church, and buck your head on communion tables, that does not mean that God loves you less than he loves me. But at the same time, just because I may participate in a little more ammunated or uh, uh, animated experience, thank you for that moment of blunder. I may get a little bit more uh, spiritual aerobics on at my services. It does not dismiss or it's not room or should not say it does not deem or should not cause for me to get ridiculed, put down. They them dumb sanctified people, them holy rollers. Because expression is personal. But biblical and theological interpretation is one thing that we should agree on. I can't understand why we're hung up on expression. There's nothing wrong if you shout. The Bible tells about dancing. You can go over there and read with David after he brought the Ark of the Covenant back from the land where it had left it. He had to drop it off at Obed-Edom's house because there was a little malfunction in how they were transporting it, and, and a man died from it, and he couldn't figure out how to, how to get the ark back to where it belonged. But when he figured it out and he got it home, it danced. It danced so hard that his wife, she was a Presbyterian, she got so mad. She said, you out there dancing so bad, it's embarrassing to me. David got his sanctified, kojic spirit on him and said, you wait till the next time God do something for me. I'll dance until I look bad to myself. Ain't nothing wrong with dancing. Nothing wrong with praying and chanting in the in the Psalms and using poetry and music to express yourself. The same man who danced proverbially out of his clothes wrote some hundred and fifty some odd. Somewhere in there, you will find it. It's the whole book of Psalms. How many as he is is left up to interpretation and theological debate. You go down to the cemetery school for that fight if you want to. So all in there is the ingredients for how everybody can worship according to their own perspective. There's nothing wrong with perspective. Personal privilege, if you will. But we've killed people. The church has. Today, if you look at the national calendar day, it's known as Reformation Day. Reformation Day is the time 
set aside to commemorate and celebrate the life of the one Martin Luther. Martin Luther, who was the founder of the Lutheran faith, the Lutheran community of faith, should I say. His 95 theses that he nailed to the Catholic church wall because he was bringing awareness to the in, the idiosyncrasies, the, the inconsistencies. Even back yonder, when you attack the church, you find yourself not just getting the left foot of fellowship, but the left knife of fellowship. Aren't you glad you didn't get in the left knife no more? Where you get it personally, emotionally. But back then, they was really putting a knife in your heart. And Martin Luther found himself on the run, escaping religious persecution because he was speaking out against the crazinesses, the 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 way that they were using the scriptures because they knew the people could not read. They knew the people could not properly interpret. I was uh, chatting with a historian of black proportions. That's very important. And this historian of black proportions was explaining some things to me. He said, do you know why Back in the church, the black pastors would call on people to read. I said, I never really thought about that. He said, well, back in the day, especially around the Pentecostal churches, that's where the more uneducated people went. I said, yes, I knew that. And a lot of them couldn't read. He said, yes, I knew that. And so the pastor, while he or she was preaching more so he back then, he was also conducting reading classes doing service. So he would call on people to read so that, A, they would learn how, and, B, they would know that what the pastor was saying was what was actually in the book. It was a way to ensure the people that they were being taught what was in the book. That's why they demanded you bring your Bible so that you knew they weren't lying to you. Because for so long, churches from a layman did not have Bibles. They just took the preacher's word and whatever the preacher told them, that's what they believed. I'm not going to go off on this tangent too much. I'm going to deal with this a little bit down the road somewhere. That's where we got a certain gospel from. I call it the slave man's gospel. Because they knew that we as poor people, as disenfranchised folks, to be very fair and include all of the minority groups in there, they knew we didn't know. So they could use the text to keep us enslaved, to keep us beholding to the master. And a lot of our young folks today 
are confused because they cannot distinguish between the slave gospel and the true gospel. God, your father, he had put a roof over your head, clothes on your back, and food on your table, but if you cross him, he'll kill you. That sounds to me like a slave gospel. And yet that, is, that has been perpetuated through our minds for generations. And this is what Martin Luther in his 95 theses was speaking about one of the issues that he was speaking about. But that led to the Lutheran church because not that he was upset over Coppet, not that he was trying to pull some people out of the church because he and the pastor couldn't agree. Martin Luther ran and the people followed him because they saw that what he was doing was true. And I wanted to bring that up because a lot of the denominations and reformations by which you have been a part of are not necessarily birthed out of ignorancy. Some of them are birthed out of necessity. The Church of God in Christ is another one of those denominations. Bishop C.H. Mason was not interested in going out and starting a reformation. But he got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist folks. Because he didn't understand how you could come to church and preach and talk about how good God is and put people down from the pulpit while you're Sweetheart sat on one side of the church and your wife and kids is on the other. While the deacons was messing with the choir members and they were smoking dope at the back door. And Bishop C.H. Mason proverbially had his 95 theses moment. And emotionally, and dare I say, verbally nailed his beliefs to the wall. And the Baptist folk, they didn't try to kill him, but they threw him out. Don't come in here and try to change us. We were hoes bread, as, as one preacher said. He said, I come to realize some preachers were just hoes born, hoes bred, and when they die, they be whole dead. That's all they're going to do, and you ain't going to change them from it. But why did I bring that up? Because my friend who is responsible for the Methodists, John Wesley, who had a similar experience, if not same, Mr. Luther believed that the, all people had access to the salvation of Christ. John Wesley believed in the grace of Christ. All came from a dissension amongst the Catholic Church. 
But Mr. John Wesley said, you know, the problem that we have to accept here is that some folks just want to use the Bible the way they want to use it. That's where I get my therapy from today when I recognize that there's some folks who are going to fight you and make you feel like you don't know the Scripture, make you feel like you're wrong, make you feel like you don't have a connection with God. That's not true. They're just fighting you because they know that you got something that they don't want to get. They'll fight you on every turn. As I said, this was birthed out of a conversation I had yesterday. I've been dealing in this mindset a little bit here, and I've kind of been all over the place with this, kind of tied it all in together. There's a lot of pieces that we put here this morning. We're going to have to break them apart and deal with down yonder. But all of these pieces have been stewing me, and last night or yesterday afternoon or morning, whatever time it was I had that conversation, it kind of culminated with this one factor. Someone asked me, they said, Eric, do you believe that cemetery, excuse me, seminary schools are inherently wrong? I said, yes. So you didn't give me time to finish the question. I said, no, I surely did not. They said, why do you think they're wrong? I said, I don't think they're wrong. I said, I think they're fundamentally wrong. They said, what do you mean by that? Because if you got a Lutheran school and a Baptist school and a Kojic school and a Presbyterian school and an Episcopalian school and a Methodist school, somewhere in there is going to come down to the big nitty-gritty. What's that? Somebody's right. And somebody's wrong. And that has been the key to why we can't get along. Because I see the scripture the way I want to see it. And you see the scripture the way you want to see it. And we have to agree to disagree. I hate that term. That's politically correct to me. I have no problem with the fact that you know how to have a disagreement and shake hands and move on, but the reality of it is, in your mind, or in their mind, because, you know, we all agree right here, not being funny, but when people say, we just agree to disagree, that's just a nice way of saying that they're right and you're wrong. And so we found a way to, as I say, politically correct the conversation and move on. But when we're disagreeing on the Bible, and then we get to a text that says one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and yet we can't find a way to agree that even though as Paul says there's one body but many branches, that our styles, our traditions, I'm okay with traditions. 
I'm okay if I have communion on the first Sunday, you have it on the second, and the Baptists have it on the third. The Bible didn't say every first Sunday. It says as often. You might think that that is a, just a side note, but you'll be surprised how many churches have been split over communion Sunday. Should we wash their feet? They ain't washing their crusty feet. Put your feet around the hands in there and rub around there and need to get a little thing scrap them scales off your feet. Lord help me. I can't tell you all the stuff I ain't heard after feet washing. You're supposed to be doing a sacred moment and getting the back and talk about black trailer trash. Churches are split. Because we don't want to wash feet. Just moving on past the part where Peter said, where Jesus said to Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no parts of me. That that was omitted. And then we get to the part, if I can just throw this out there, where I like to say that's why. I'm against and hope to to bring awareness to our being not so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good. And I, and I keep telling you that I know how that's been used in your parent, in your hearing. I know how that's been thrown at you. And I need you to know that I'm not trying to throw that at you in that same text. My point for throwing that at you is to say if you look at the scriptures not as some spiritualized occurrences that happened way back yonder, but the same things as Jesus told his disciples, these things I have done you shall and greater, they apply to you and me. The Bible, this collaboration, if you will, this combination of text, stories and occurrences, opportunities to experience the past, this great textbook of spiritual living designed to help you and me see the world the way Jesus saw the world. You know something? While I'm on this, that has bothered me as I look through the many denominations and reformations and what have you. I was asking someone else. They were out and they were talking um, about some people doing things and we were also referring to a show that that I've been watching. I told you I've been watching various TV programs and things, kind of getting my mind on those things. Enjoyment, a little downtime, if you will. And I get into those programs. Got another program I'm going to go get into today because I get a lot of conversations out of those programs. I just sit there and watch them because they got good meat in there. If you watch a good TV program, 
you might find one or two life lessons in there. I do at least. And I was watching one of these programs, and they was we were talking about it. I mean, this this person they said, they, "Did you see that program over there? They called the Hippie Jesus." So yeah, I saw that. Say, how are you gonna disrespect my Jesus like that? You can't disrespect my Jesus. And I thought about it, Mama Bear. I thought about it. It smacked me in the face as I was talking to this lady, and then some other folks kind of lined up, not at the same time, but various conversations that follow all went in the same space. And I thought about it, it just smacked me in the face. It says, have you ever thought about the fact that some 2,000 years ago, which we are not actually sure if that's the case, none of us are 2,000 years old, At least if you are, you're not going to admit it. You don't even want to admit that you ate it. That's all right. Happy 28th birthday to you. But somewhere 2,000 years ago, which we're not sure on the date, they're still arguing about that, a man was put on a cross. So we've been told. Stay with me now. I'm borderline heresy. Pray for me. But before he was allegedly put on a cross because we weren't there, he was taken before a court. He was put on trial for crimes that he allegedly did not commit. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. And so this Jesus, who was crucified after being tried, after being accused, is defended worldwide by people who don't even know him other than a burly head, fair-skinned redneck. He knew it, Jesus, they say. How do you know that Jesus wasn't guilty because you believe? And I got no problem with that. Blessed are ye who have not seen and yet believe. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by this, we have our faith. We operate in the same. But here's where I got the problem. Jesus is defended. We will sit an atheist and an agnostic or whoever and look him in the face and we will fight him to the death over something that we have not seen. But my brother over here, who we walk with, is guilty. Hashtag me too. Yeah, he touched them girls because all preachers is nasty. He gets no pass 
But a man 2,000 years ago that we have not seen gets one. Now, before you call heresy, go back to your Bible. How can you love and support someone you have not seen and yet turn on your brother who you see every day? I told you I was going somewhere. It's Bible. But it's funny how when you put it in context, Bible sounds heretic. It's it's a form of heresy in your ears because that's the way we've been portraying it for so long. So as I hasten to my close, I said I hope this is therapy to you. And when you read the book and you come to know the Savior for yourself, you will realize that he is bigger than our reformations. He is better than carpet on the floor. He is more important than the style of worship And how the preacher delivers the the message. But he is a friend that wants to walk with you. Whether you're Baptist, he wants to talk with you. Whether you're Episcopalian or Jew and tell you that you are his own. And even to the Catholics, the joy that we share as we tarry there. None of us has ever, ever known. You bow your head as grandmother comes here to pray for us. Here's my hope. That we will all come to know one Lord, one faith. I'm not trying to take you away from your denomination, your reformation, your style. Do it. If that's what makes you happy, go for it. I like to go down there to the, the classical church sometimes. Sometimes I just don't want that noise. I want to hear the turning of the pages and the crackling of the old wooden floors as you stand up and sit down. The peace and quiet so much that you can hear a pin drop. I like that sometimes. I tell myself I've been in noise for almost 30-some years. Sometimes I don't want that noise no more. It's stylish, preference. But I still know that the same God that can save the quiet church is the same God that can bless the loud one. May we come to know, regardless of our spiritual or should I say our religious affiliation, that we all serve the same Jesus. May we see the Bible the way he intended for all of his friends 
children to see it. Quietly, you may have some fears and thoughts and opinions and hurts, things that this moment of therapy hit. I hope it healed it, but if there's something that I forgot, can you quietly as grandmother comes to pray? Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort. Strengthen and keep you. He's willing. He's willing to aid you. And he will carry you through. Grandmother. Most Most holy and all wise Father, we just praise you. We thank you and we love you. We thank you, gracious Father, for understanding our shortcomings, understanding, God, that we don't understand and don't really know all the truth. But, God, we ask you this morning, as we read your word, God, help us to accept the truth of your word. Open up our understanding. God, you know where we stand. You know what we believe. You know everything. You're the only one, dear God, that searches man's heart. And God, as you search our hearts this morning, we're asking you, God, to lead us and guide us in the right way, that we would accept your truth, that you are the only God. You are the only one. You are Jehovah Java, the God that provides. You are Jehovah Salom, the God of peace. God, we just thank you this morning for who you are. And help us, oh God, to remember that you are El Shaddai. You are what we need, God. And help us to put our trust in you, knowing that you are a great God, a loving God, a Father that cares for his own. And you cares about us, and we thank you for that. We thank you for loving us. In spite of all our shortcomings, we thank you for keep loving us. And to open up our understanding that we will know the truth. We just praise you this morning. We love you, God. And we just say thank you. Be with every listening ear, dear God. Open up all our understanding. And help us to speak the truth of your word. We just thank you this morning. We praise you and we love you. And we're asking you to look down upon our families. Bless all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. God bless. Amen.